Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. I really feel something in the Spirit here this morning, and I believe that today is a day where uh, if you're keen to hear what God is saying, then you can walk out of here today feeling refreshed, energised, feeling like, you know, you've got a spring in your step. Uh, I have a sense that there's a lot of people that are facing a lot of circumstances right now. I know the end of the year just brings that by itself. I mean, we're heading into what some would call the silly season uh, where, you know, you've got Christmas party after Christmas party after this, after that. You've got so many connections to make. And then, you know, you're coming to the year event. There's a lot of things happening uh, financially around about us right now. Some people are feeling the cost of living pressures. Uh, You've got kids that are, you know, we've got a kid moving out of home again for second time over. And uh, that's good. (laughs) Well, we're hoping it's good. (laughs) He's not being kicked out, but that's... uh, And so there's transitions, there's things that are happening. And at the end of the year, sometimes we look back on the year that we've just had and we can begin to reflect. I know COVID, and, you know, I'm reluctant to mention it, but it it sort of made us stop and then we have to reevaluate. And now things are starting back up. I, I, I think there can be a sense of, I don't know if I can do all of this. There's so much on, you know, people are used to working from home, used to having good uh, develop, and we took the time to develop really good relationships with one another, and then all of a sudden everything's back on, and and we sort of get stretched out, and we can get to a point where we're feeling like, oh, I just just don't know, but I've got a message of hope for you here this morning, and uh, I feel like, you know, uh, the Spirit of the Lord is here. And he wants you to be refreshed and energised. And you might say to yourself, I'm not feeling too bad, Ken. I'm, I'm okay. I'm not facing um, any issues with regards to work or school or, I mean, or you know, finances. My health's okay. I, I feel like I'm travelling traveling along okay. But God doesn't want us to live like that. God wants us to live beyond that. God, loves, God wants to fill our, our lungs with breath. God wants to fill our spirit with uh, a, a, a sense of His anointing so that when we go about our daily lives, something that's on us gets on other people around about us. And there's a joy on the inside of us. There's a sustainability around about us that will cause us to go beyond where we have been and into the promises that God has for, for us. Amen. So if you're, you know, maybe you've had a dream in your in your, I mean, Pastor Richard last week was talking about return to your first love, return to those things. When we're first born again, it's like we're power packs of faith, are we not? We believe that God loves us unconditionally. We embrace the forgiveness that He has given to us. But then somehow, somewhere, we start to walk again in our own strength, in our own abilities. And, as, and, and that's part of Christian growth. That's part of discipleship. Part of discipleship is growing up into the Lord and taking on things like prayer and, um, and, and, and standing strong in the midst of um, circumstances that would seek to pull us down. That's trials actually make our faith grow stronger. We go from glory to glory. But what we can do in the midst of that is we can uh, suddenly stop 
stop and start to rely upon the things that we have learned as opposed to the relationship that we have learned. And we can be strong and we can be know God's Word and we can be people of prayer, but we've forgotten who it is that we're walking with. And sometimes we get a little bit ahead of God and sometimes we get a little bit behind God. And so our faith is always trying to catch up or God is just trying to slow us down a little bit to take a relaxing moment, just enjoy where you're at right now. And the pace of life will be different for all people. But the important thing is that we must be in the place where God wants us to be in the full knowledge that God is with me. God is for me. He's not against me. Whatever trial you face, whatever circumstance you face, whatever dream God has given you that the enemy has tried to pull down and, and, and say it's never gonna happen. Who's had a dream and you've said to yourself, you know what, when you're young and you're enthusiastic, you think, I'm gonna do this. I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But then as time goes by, you say to yourself, oh, I don't know if that's ever gonna happen. Well, God wants to invigorate that dream again here this morning. God wants to breathe life into that thing again here this morning so that it might be attained and it might be laid hold of, amen. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12 is a good, wo- good word for us. It's a reminder for us. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. You know, when you're waiting on something and it's not quite there, it makes the heart sick. You get a little bit stretched out. Have you ever, I mean, if you've got teenagers in the house, there's no question about this at all. Who's got one of those sponges that are like a, you know, the, like the orangey sponges that are a little bit thick, they've got the holes in them and you have them on the sink. And uh, if they don't get used, what happens to them? They get all dry, don't they? And, you, and that's what I'm saying. If you've got teenagers in your house, there's no way that thing's going to be wet because <laughs> those dishes are going to be sitting on, under the bed, beside the back door, everywhere else but in the sink. And even if they are in the sink, they ain't going to be touched by any sponge. Have you ever gone out and washed your car? I mean, I wash my car once a year maybe, if I'm lucky. I don't have people come to do that for me. But, uh, but the chamois, have you seen the chamois when it gets dried out? I mean, it is stiff. It is like, you gotta soak that thing down before it becomes malleable and usable again. In fact, I've seen one of those sponges on the sink. I've seen it so badly dry that you pick it up and it crumbles. It's so dry. And for some of you, that's what life's like. If we're honest and we scratch the surface. We say, that's what life's like. I'm I'm a little bit dry right now. I don't know that I've, and hope deferred is like that. You feel parched. On Friday, I had one of those days. I just, I, I had a late meeting on Thursday and then up early onto the bus. Didn't take my 1.5 litre water bottle with me on the bus. So I didn't, I had three coffees on the way to work try <laughs> I wake myself up. And, uh, and so I had no coffee. I said I had a coffee, but no water. I normally would drink one of these in a round. In the, in the two, two hours that I'm driving. Then I come back to work and off I go. So I got back to work, had to take a bus down to be serviced, didn't have a drink of water, just kept going. Came back, went to pastoral care, didn't have a drink of water. Went out, bought Indian for lunch. Indian, yeah, boy, it was so good too. <laughs> had a small drink of water there, but then went out into the heat again to go and load kids on buses. And after I loaded all the kids on the bus, I went to the little fridge where I have three of these. My wife is, in my garage at home, I have six of these just ready to go. I like cold water when you're thirsty. And I smashed it in no time. I just guzzled, 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 guzzled. It's like I didn't even stop drinking one poor 
lady was trying to talk to me, I said, just hang on a minute. And I'm there like, because I was just so thirsty. They tell me, I'm not a medical professional by any means, but they tell me that if you get that thirsty, if you are thirsty, you're already dehydrated. You ought to keep that, you know, water sustenance on the inside of you. And when you're parched, when you're weary, you need a good drink, amen. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Psalm 37 verse 9 says, those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. Psalm 130 is somebody similar. He says, I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits. And in His Word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord. More than a watchman, wait for the morning. More than watchmen, wait for the morning. Watchmen who've done a whole night's work. Come to the very, who comes to the end of a Friday afternoon, you just think, you know, I am ready for bed, yeah? You just get there. Who sleeps in, if you're not a teenager, who sleeps in until 2pm in the afternoon? Because you're just so tired. You come to the end like a watchman who stayed up all night, longs for the morning. I'm just ready to finish this shift. I'm just ready to get over this. The school year's coming to an end. I'm just getting there. Like a watchman waits. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love and with Him is full redemption. Everybody say full redemption. Amen. That's it. So what is hope? Hope is the confidence that by integrating God's redemptive acts in the past with trusting human responses in the present, that the faithful, the people of God, will experience the fullness of God's goodness, both in the present and into the future. Woo! That's a good promise, isn't it? That's what hope is. That God made something happen that means that if I can activate it by faith now, not only will I be better off now, I will also be better off in the future. There's hope in the Word of God, amen. There's hope in the victory that Jesus Christ has given us. There is hope in the, in the strengthening of God's Spirit today. And so if you're saying to yourself, I'm dry, I'm parched, I'm ready. I'm like that watchman ready to just come the morning sun that I might get ready to dust. I'm telling you here this one, that's what it is, amen. Biblical hope avoids any subjectivity because it's hope that's grounded upon His Word, amen. It's hope, that it's not like I hope. Who, who have you just finished your HSC? Who hoped they had good marks whether you studied or not? You know what I mean? I hope I get good marks. Well, you can guarantee that a little bit if you study. You know what I mean? I hope I pass my driving test. Well, you can guarantee that a little bit if you practice. Well, I hope I get a you know, new car for Christmas. Well, you don't know that, do you? You're, you're trusting in man here or you're trusting in something. I hope I get a promotion at work. Well, if you hope you get a promotion at work, work hard, be diligent. You make that more favourable for yourself. But those hopes are based upon somebody else. But those who hope in the Lord, amen, are hoping on something that's more certain, that is more sure. Every promise that God gives is yes and amen in Christ Jesus, amen. So those in the hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. They will rise up on like wings, on, you know what I mean. You'll get on the eagle and you'll be going, amen. You'll be strong. 
You'll run and not grow faint. I, I saw this post the other day. It says, running feels fantastic, but not as good as not running. Not as it feels when you're not running, amen? <laughs> I haven't experienced running for a long time, amen? But that's okay. <laughs> hope is essential for the Christian because three things remain. Faith, hope and love. You can have faith, you can have love, but without hope, I tell you, you get dry, you get parched, you get, you get weary, amen. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess for he who promised is faithful. If he said yes, it's gonna be a yes. If he said, I will give you breakthrough, he will give you a breakthrough. If God said, he, and he's the King of Kings, he's the Lord of Lords, there's no one who can second guess him. You know how kids go and check out, they say, oh, mum said I could do this. And then you go and check and mum didn't say that. And you say, oh, hang on, there's a greater authority. We know who the real authority of the church is here today. It's Ali, Ali right there, I'm telling you. I'm scared, I don't care, Dad loves me, I know that. <laughs> but you can't second guess God, He is all authority. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, said Jesus. All authority. So if God said it, you can believe it. You can rest your faith upon it. And those who hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. If God said, I will cleanse you from your sin. I will re uh, one of my favourite verses of all time, Ezekiel 36, 26. I will remove from you a heart of stone, a heart that stopped beating, a heart that is stuck, a, a dead shammy heart that's just needs refreshing. And I will give you a heart of flesh and I will move you by my Spirit. Jesus Himself stood in the temple and He said this, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for He has anointed me. The anointing speaks of fluid. It speaks of a, a sense of, you know, getting, you know, yeah, it's soaked. We had to get a brand new pool pump because they were old, old bearings were going in it and it started to make more noise than you could imagine. It was terrible. <laughs> like this and I used to put it on at like midnight till 3am well I was dead asleep by then if you walk out the back you would swear that somebody was power drilling or trying to do something in the back in the end I said I have to get a new pump so I went and bought a new pump and they said in the warranty thing there they said if you do not prime this pump then the warranty is void and even though my pool holds 48,000 litres of water it needed three litres of water in the pump to make sure that the pump worked properly. Some people are relying upon God of a 48,000 litre promise, but are not prepared to prime the pump with three litres of faith in order to make the pump work, amen. Sometimes that's all it takes is a little bit of saying, you know what, God, I can't make this pump work on my own. I need you to fill. I need you. You know what? I believe what your word says. Oh, now you're priming the pumpkin. That's what's happening. You say, God, this will turn out for good. I believe your promise, oh God, for all things work together for the good of those who are called according to His purposes. Amen. So that's how you prime your pump. You put a little bit of faith in. You put a little bit of understanding. You build a bit of Scripture on the inside of you. And you say, yeah, I'm going to get this thing working. And then all of a sudden, the power of God goes into operation and 48,000 litres of promises start flowing through the inside of you and you feel refreshed, you feel energised and you make an effective difference to people around about you, amen. That hope becomes an anchor to your soul, amen. An anchor 
where you're not flitting around by this or that or anything else. You are tethered to something that is greater than yourself. And it's not the economy that's gonna cause anything to you or for you or about you. It's not COVID, it's not this report, it's not that report. Whose report will you believe? I'm choosing, amen, to believe in the promises of God and what He says. And so therefore, that is the anchor to my soul. And I will not grow weary in this because I know that His promises are sure. There's enough testimonies in this place alone to let you know that God is for you and not against you. And if you're feeling a little bit discouraged here this morning, I wanna tell you, amen, that God is with you and He's for you. See, God didn't come, God didn't send Jesus into this world to condemn it. He sent Jesus into the world to save it, amen. And so there are some people out there today, and I've had this feeling myself, where you feel disqualified. Have you ever felt disqualified from the promise of God? The Samaritan woman comes to the well in the middle of the day, in the heat of the day. Why? Because she felt like she was disqualified. She didn't fit, she didn't belong, she wasn't connected. So she came to the well to get water in the middle of the day. How good is this? I'm, I'm, I'm flying through this, amen. Woo! I'm feeling good as I'm looking at this. What's the time I say? Oh, we've got eight minutes left. Glory to God in the highest, amen. So Jesus talks to the Samaritan woman. How good's this? She said, can you draw me a, a drink of water? Not knowing who she's talking to. And he said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, who you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now I can tell you on that day on Friday, this ran out and I went to get another one because I was still thirsty. The Spirit of God never ends, amen. It is a wellspring that just keeps going and going and going. I'm telling you, my illustration about the pool is not good enough because the promises go way beyond 48,000 litres. It goes insurmountable, the things that God can do for you, amen. And Jesus says, John chapter four, verse 13, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up into eternal life, amen. Only Jesus can satisfy us, amen. You can hope in a lot of things, but when you put your hope in Jesus, you're gonna be satisfied with something that will never end. Never, be, never dry up. It's never gonna be finished. It's never gonna be over. You're not gonna have, you know, I nearly said Clive Palmer. I don't even know what the guy's name is who said that the dam would never be full again. Ha ha, Flannery is it? That's the fella. He said it wasn't gonna be filled again. Then it's overflowed. Amen. Man does not know the seasons all the time, but God Himself does. Amen. Somebody might have said to you, you're never going to amount to anything, but I'm telling you, God has a different picture. God has a different word for you. You might say to yourself, oh, I don't know if I can make it through to the end of this year. God says, yes, you can. You can get through the other side. God says to you this morning, amen, that dream that I gave you when you were 15 or 16, that will come to pass. You may have given up on it, but God has an amen. And He wants to birth it again on the inside of you. He wants to put water on that dead, dry dream right now, amen. And He wants to bring life to it again, amen. Supernatural life, and none, a life that has a life of its own that will keep perpetuating. And I'm spitting all over the place here. <laughs> I said to myself, there's gonna be water. I can see it through all the lights. You probably can't. Can you feel it, Dan? No, 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 amen. <laughs> 
John chapter 6, verse 35 says, And Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never, amen. Everybody say, never, never grow thirsty, amen. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. Woo! He's not human like we are. He will not grow tired or weary. He's not like the watchman going, oh, please, please let the day finish. You, uh, you watch your clock in the afternoon. I do it on the bus run. I think to myself, I've only got two more kids to pick up. Amen, glory to God. Or if, if I'm on another bus run, we've got a certain bunch of kids, I can tell you now, amen. God gave them extra special grace for me or something, I don't know, but it's like, I could tell you what, you tell one kid to sit down like a thousand times in a minute. Sit down. Sit down. They actually, the, the lady at the um, Eastern Creek service station, she calls me maggot. Can you believe that? You know why? Because she said to me when the, one of the first times I drove the bus in, please don't share this with Tinder. But um, <laughs> the first time I drove the bus in there, she goes, I don't know how you can be a bus driver. I couldn't do it. I said, I just look up in the revision mirror and I say, sit down, you little maggot. And so, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't say that. I really don't, I don't. But she calls me maggot now, but but there's one, he just will not sit down. And many of the times you can say, sit down. You move him to the front. You move him away from his friend. You tie him down with hockey straps. He still won't sit down. <laughs> and you think, oh, I can't wait till I can get to his bus stop and let him go, amen. <laughs> if I can just get there. But then, you know, I need to be praying for the grace of God to be coming upon me, amen. He doesn't grow tired. He doesn't grow weary. And his understanding, no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the weak. That's a good promise for us all, amen. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. I know old men stumble and fall. I'm doing it more and more every day, amen. <laughs> but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will rise up on wings like eels. They will run and not grow weary and they will walk and not grow faint. Acts chapter two, verse 17 says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Verse 21, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What a great bunch of passages of Scripture here for us here this morning. I could go on and on and on forever, but I'm not. Because it's essential. In fact, I've missed one. I've got to find it. Got too much here. We'll get there. It's one of them here. How are we going time-wise? Oh, we've got three minutes left. Wah! And that's only 25 minutes, Mark. I've still got five after that. Ah! Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1. Perspective. You know that perspective about, you know, oh, good timing, eh? Is this bottle half empty or is the bottle half full? You know the thing about the glass? Is the glass half empty or is it all about your perspective? I mean, I like the idea and I like the story. Some people would say, well, the glass of water is for drinking. You know, that's what the, it's not about talking about. But I, I had this thought today, uh, during the week about it, and I thought if there was a glass sitting there, half full, then if you put a jug next to it that was empty, that changes your perspective on the glass, doesn't it? Because now you say, oh, that's more attractive because there's no more water left on the other side. On the other hand, if you put a half full glass here and then a jug next to it that's full, you're saying, well, actually, I've got a little bit more left in me, you know what I mean? Because I can see perspective a little bit. And it's a bit like that here right now. You might say to yourself, I'm half empty. And I don't know that there's any other resource around about me that can help me. 
So I'm feeling like I ought to conserve my energy. I ought to hold back a little bit. I ought to just calm the farm. Not understanding that God has a reservoir of promises ready to pour out upon us. Like the woman with the jars of oil. This is what I have. Not looking at what God has. And he said, go and gather all these jars. And you have to prime the pump with faith right there, don't you? No matter how many jars were bought, they were filled. But it took the pouring out. It took the faith. It took the establishment. It took the belief. It took the promise speaking. We are called to be speakers of God's promises. I can pray for you here this morning and I will. I can believe for you here this morning and I will. Our pastors can do that. Our small group leaders can do that. Shirley Donald from out of the grave, I don't know if she's still alive or not, she can pray for Ken. But what's really gonna affect me is when Ken stands on God's promise and says, God, I believe you. I believe your word. I prime my own pump. I start to get going. And then God just switches on and off I go. Look out. Is it dead? The question is, can it live? If you put anything in the hands of the living God, it can live. Amen. So, Ezekiel 37 verse 1. The hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. Bones, okay, I'm happy, thank you. He led me back and forth and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the of the valley, bones that were very dry. And he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? So we started this message like this, didn't we? There are many of you that are facing circumstances that are difficult, might be financial, might be educational, might be to do with your relationships, it might be to do with your home, it might be to do with your family. And you look at it and it might be, uh, you know, a dream, a prophecy that you had when you were younger and you look at it and it looks dry. And I believe the Spirit of God is coming to hear to all of us this morning, myself including, and asking this question. Son of man, can these bones live? What God is asking is that the Son of Man might have eyes of the Spirit to see. We can look with our own eyes and look and say, ain't no chance of that. These bones are dead. But the question implies that we should look with different eyes. Good, Good answer, but it's a little bit hedge your bets on both sides. He said, Sovereign Lord, you know alone. Only you alone know. And ultimately, that's true. But then the Lord said to him, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So who's doing the prophesying? Son of man. Where's the power of the prophecy? In the belief, in the perspective. Is the glass half empty or is it half full? 
doesn't matter what I have and what my resources are, is there a reservoir of God's promises sitting on the other side of this? I want you to prime the pump on these dry bones here this morning. I want you to say, with God, all things are possible. What was dead can come alive, amen. You saw it in the Bible. You saw Jairus' daughter come back to life. You saw Lazarus come out of the grave. All of these stories are great testimonies how God can speak. And in fact, one commentator says that if Jesus didn't say, Lazarus, come out, that every dead body in that grave would have come out because the Word of the Lord is powerful and effective and brings about a result. But because He said Lazarus, it was only Lazarus who came out. It's the power of Him who speaks that brings the result. And those who prophesy don't prophesy on their own. They prophesy what they hear, the Spirit of God saying. So when Jesus was in the temple, He said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to do this. You need to stand in front of your dead circumstance and you need to say this, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and He has anointed me to say this, dead bones, you will live. The promise of God is yes and amen. What was gonna be dead is now gonna be alive, amen. Then He said to me, prophesy to those bones and say to the dry bones, hear the Word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I'll attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin and I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Wow, now that's a big difference to dead dry bones. Suddenly there's movement. Can a dry bone move on its own? Only the winds of circumstances can blow those bones around. But when there's tendons on them, when there's ligaments on them, when there's skin on them, amen, woo, there's movement. And wherever those bones go, the Word of the Lord goes with them, amen. And God's speaking to us here this morning and He's saying, dead bones, live. I'm gonna cause you to live and move and have your being in Him, amen. All the Scriptures are all coming alive here this morning, I'm telling you. So here's here's Ezekiel again. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Good choice, don't you think? And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. Ha, ha, ha. How do you do your thing? Do one of those for us, I read. (laughs) And then the bones came together, amen. Bone to bone. And I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath on them. Oh, some of you are so close to receiving the promise of God. You've seen it. You've prophesied already. You've spoken. You've seen the dry bones come together. You've seen the ligaments. You've seen the skin develop. And you think, hey, the promise is here, yet There's no breath in it and you're waiting for God to breathe on it so it might come to pass. Could you say, I've done my pace, I've done my believing, now it's all up to God. But no, my friend, amen. Here's what He says again. So then He said to me, God said, prophesy to the breath. 
don't stop on your dream because it looks like it's all there. If it's not living and moving, you can't see it functioning, it's time to prophesy some breath in there, amen. It's time to go, hushka, the Holy Spirit says, God said this shall be done, amen. If you're believing God for your healing and you can see that a lot has changed, but it's not quite there yet. I'm telling you here this morning, amen, prophesy to the breath, prophesy to the breath, because it's in Him we live and move and have our being, amen. God isn't finished on the promises, amen. He's gonna bring it to pass for you, amen. Wow, 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 wow. He said, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of men and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they might live. So I prophesied as He commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life, stood up on their feet like a vast army. Now this might be a personal word for you and your dream and your hope and your prayers and the things that are gonna come but I've asked for you. But I can tell you, this is also a word for our church, amen. I can see people coming in from the left, the right, the, the front, the back, the sides everywhere and we ought to prophesy that dead bones, amen, would live again. It's so good to see so many people returning back to the presence of God and I tell you, there's gonna be a vast and mighty army here, amen, that are seeing the fulfilment of God's promises for this place. But it's up to us to prophesy. I'm gonna pray that you have strength and belief and a voice. I had, a, I, had a, I had a dream when I was long, like I was 15, 16, 17 years old, something like that, really young. At the time I was pretending I was 26. I had a beard, I had a beard at high school. But I was working at children's home and um, in order to work in the children's home, I was looking after, how, how about this? By the time, I often say this, by the time I was 21, I'd lived with three different women and fathered 32 kids. But <laughs> I actually worked in the children's home, that's what I was doing. And at the children's home, I had this dream one day and I dreamt that in my room was the devil. Huge, huge. I was just getting in church. I'd just been water baptised. I'd just been filled with the Spirit. Everything was happening. And this being in this bedroom was huge. And I remember feeling choked up, like I couldn't speak. Terrified. And all I could think was to say the name Jesus. So I said, Jesus. And as, as I said, Jesus, this being got smaller. And then I said, Jesus. And he got smaller again. And I said, Jesus. And smaller again. Until in the end, in the dream, I hope not personally, but in the dream, I was shouting, Jesus. Jesus. And this thing that was so huge and was such a barrier became so small hand over its little head, little ears and ran in behind the cupboard. The devil shrinks at the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. You need to declare Jesus over your circumstance. Let's stand together. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.